Welcome back to Behind the Business Curtain. I am your host, Ryan Hansen, and today we are joined by Eric Skorzynski, uh, podcast host, uh, co-founder of Guestio.com, and all sorts of other things. I look forward to this conversation, and I hope you will also. Let's do it. Eric, thank you for joining me, sir. How are you today? Yeah, doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. I very much look forward to talking to you today because we have something in common. We both like networking with podcasts. <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, why don't you introduce us to you? Um, tell me what you do, kind of how you fell into podcasting, and we can go from there. Yeah, I mean, podcasting wasn't on my radar uh, really growing up at all because it didn't really exist in the yep. way that it does now. And, uh, and so, you know, as a kid, like six or seven, I just always wanted to be a filmmaker. Like I always was stuck behind a camera, always running around shooting. Before that, I was always the kid waking up super early, grabbing out crayons, coloring. And, um, you know, and then over the years, like I took on a lot of different roles, graphic design, you know, marketing, and like every creative entrepreneur, I ended up being like a jack of all trades when yep. it came to that stuff. And, you know, I always struggle with what to call myself. Um, and I, I really realized two years ago, like, I just like telling stories. Um, and so the same way I felt getting behind a camera is the same way I ended up feeling getting behind a microphone and, and sharing stories that way. And I just really, uh, I mean, really, long story short, fell in love with the medium and uh, to the point now that I host two podcasts uh, of my own and co-host the Build Your Network podcast and uh, am getting ready. I don't know if I can talk about it yet. getting ready to co-host another show as well. Uh, so I'm behind a microphone uh, all day, every day. And when I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm coaching people to do the same. So. Ah, that's wonderful. All right. So yeah, storytelling is clearly something that, well, I say us podcasters, not all of them are good <laughs> at. Um but it it is. I, I love it. So you're involved in multiple things. You've got uh, videography, the other stuff. But so now you're focusing almost entirely on podcasting and coaching podcasters. Yeah, that would be the main thing. I mean, I, I work with a couple of people on and off on some projects if they make sense. But the majority of my time is spent in the podcasting space, whether it's hosting, coaching somebody or, you know, working with Guestia, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Let's move right into that. That's where you reached out to me, and uh, I have a, a fun connection to Guestio because the uh, I guess the <laughs> my employer is the company that made Guestio on the software side. But you are yeah. working in it day in and day out. How how has that grown? How did you start it? Tell me everything. Yeah, I mean uh, Guestio really came out of necessity for us as podcasters, us being myself and Travis Chappell, who's the founder of the, of the company. And, um, you know, my first foray into podcasting, uh, was with Travis. Um, you know, I came on as a producer for build your network, uh, our business podcast, probably less than a year into its start. Um, and you know, at that time we'd already had some guests like John Maxwell and, you know, uh, I mean, a, a long yeah. list. I mean, if you're starting <laughs> yeah, you with John it, Maxwell, yeah. there's, a, there's a good list yeah. after that. Uh, yeah, Jack Canfield. Uh, there was a, a huge list, Shanti. And so I came in, uh, we started, you know, really just upping the amount of content we're creating. We saw the results coming in from the podcast side um, and it kept growing. You know, now we're 
almost 800 episodes in, you know, we've had uh, about that many guests on the show. Yeah. And one of the things over three years was it was a pain in the ass to get guests on our show. You know, it was like trying to find uh, and connect with high level people, let alone, well, I'll rephrase that. Not even high level people, average people, like Mm -hmm. trying to get through email chains and trying to, you know, uh, dig in and connect with somebody and get through a gatekeeper. It was a pain. And sometimes we'd have guests where we're reaching out for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months, you know, trying to connect with them and get them on the right. show. And so, you know, a, about a year ago, we really uh, started talking about doing a guest booking marketplace, uh, essentially cameo for podcasters and YouTubers like us selfishly because we needed something like that. Something yeah. where we could just connect yeah, with yeah. someone, you know, pay to play a little bit and get someone on our show. Oh, it's a great, it's a great idea. I love it. Um, I've reached out to multiple folks on there and you can literally make your own profile, talk about your own show, offer mm-hmm. to guest on theirs, invite them to guest on yours. And, uh, and now we, we can monetize that as well. So I could charge essentially yeah. whatever I want if somebody wants to hire me to come onto their show. Um, right. yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great tool and you can search by topic and all of the other stuff. So, um, yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah. And I'm a fan of Build Online who built it. So uh, <laughs> right. shameless little plug. <laughs> little plug there. <laughs> Hit me up if you want to build something like this. Um, okay. So um, let's talk about how folks can benefit from podcasting. Obviously, there's, there's the networking side. But mm-hmm. what are different ways that you can monetize it and actually make it a, a job? Yeah. I mean, it's... It- it kind of goes hand in hand, you know, the networking side. I mean, obviously I mentioned build your network, which is obviously focused on yeah. networking. Um, but I mean, it, I mean, we look at Gastio, you know, and, and, you know, we're in the, the startup phase, we're fundraising and, you know, trying to get investors in the company. And we look at how much has been raised and we can trace every penny of that back to relationships built through the podcast. And so yeah. I would say for people listening, the biggest, you know, preconceived notion people have that I would ask them to overcome when starting a podcast is, you know, you're not going to see directly trackable income in the first, you know, few months of your show. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to say like, oh, that was an ad read where Coca-Cola paid me to run an ad on my show. That's going to come at some point for you, as long as you're doing even a baseline job over time, your show will grow to a point where you're able to do that stuff. But you know, in the very beginning, when you have zero listeners, literally before you launch, you're having conversations with people that you want to talk to. You're building yeah. relationships with people who might become yeah. business partners or might refer someone to you based on the relationship they have with you on the show. Uh, we worked with a, a real estate syndicator and before he launched his show, um, and he literally put off launching a show for like two years just because he was busy and mm-hmm. he was just stockpiling interviews. And he raised like $3 million for a project before launching because he had a conversation with the right person on his podcast. So that's the first thing I'd say. Number one, the path to monetization doesn't always look like instant sponsorships. Yeah. It almost never looks like that unless someone's Focus paying to on start the a show. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But on the flip side, like what it does for you is, you know, I mean, there's so much. One, it, it establishes you as, a, as an expert in your field. Mm-hmm. Um, podcasting still you know, relatively new um, to the point where like when you say you have a podcast, it's interesting to people versus like, hey, I have a YouTube, you yeah. know, everybody has one or I have a Facebook page. Um, and so there's a lot of 
opportunity to build your brand, be seen with really credible people, um, having, you know, conversations with people that have degrees in really interesting topics. It lends a lot of credibility to your brand. Um, and then also it just opens the door for a lot of different opportunities. Um, you know, I, I spoke at a virtual event last year, you know, and that was a direct result of the podcast. Someone, someone that tuned in, um, but then moving into direct monetization, you know, once your podcast gets to a certain point, um, I mean, you can start doing affiliate programs through even Amazon. Like that's super low hanging fruit. It's not a ton of money, but it's there. And a lot of podcasters leave it on the shelf. Uh, you've got opportunities if you're using certain podcast platforms, like a, a red circle, you've got yeah. programmatic ads you can run. I mean, the threshold to where you can start making a few hundred bucks each month isn't very high. Like there's a, there's a chance to monetize pretty quickly and it only snowballs. Like unless you do something really dumb, your numbers aren't going to slide back, you know, by 10,000 people. Right. It's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about podcast growth. Anybody can go on to Buzzsprout right now and start a podcast for 12 bucks a month, record it exactly like we are right now and host it. So the barrier to entry Technology-wise, is extremely low as well. You can well. do it free. You can do free it on an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People so, do. Lots of people do. Yeah. I, I see folks come out, and within you know the first four months, they're on like the the top charts. Like, how are they doing that? I legitimately need to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, every all, all the best things to pursue come from selfish questions. You know, like how do yeah. how do we do this? <laughs> so, I mean, the number one thing and. You know, I'll preface everything I'm about to say with, you know, people always roll their eyes when you give advice like this because it's, it's, you know, it seems really simple, um, but it's true. You know, I, I did the same thing. I just wrote an article about growth on TikTok and I was reading, I was like, this is so simple and it's so simple to the point that most people aren't going to do it, you know, because it sounds too simple. Well, <laughs> they want to know this. Simple and easy are two different things because posting right. a creative and funny reel on Instagram every day is a lot of work. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I cut you yeah. off. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, so the big thing I would say with podcasting, it's true. Like the saying there's riches and niches is super, super true. Um, you know, I, I would say, the mistake most people make is I want to be the next Joe Rogan experience of and course. I want to be very yeah. broad and I want to crack a beer with my friends and talk about everything and anything. And they mm-hmm. think they're inherently interesting, you know, which you're not inherently interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that, this applies to, unless you're Joe Rogan listening to this, like you're not, you're, you're not someone that has a really interesting career most often. Yeah. Um, you know, we all, are just people. Um, and, and even if we are interesting and if I sat down and I said like, Oh, after a conversation, Ryan's a really interesting guy. Like, I don't know that when I see your name pop up, you don't have any name recognition for me. So what you're relying on as a podcast host is what's my niche. What's the topic Mm -hmm. I'm talking about. That's interesting to give you a really, really specific example. I host a true crime podcast called preacher boys that deals with clergy abuse and not just that, which is niche enough, but it's clergy abuse within a very ultra specific denomination that has about a million people in it. Yeah. So I'm super granular. Like the average person has no interest in that show, but within that niche, the people that do want to know about that topic are hyper fans of that content Correct. because they want to know all about abuse within this specific denomination. And so 
that is a that's a great example. And again, I say that's a small niche, but again, there's a million active members of this denomination. Mm-hmm. If you start doing the math of how many people have been affected or impacted, there's a lot of potential listeners there, and yeah. more than in a, a lot of ways to to get enough to get sponsorships or or things like that. So. Um, hyper niche, same with build your network. We focused on networking, not business because mm-hmm. there's a billion business shows out there. Um, you know, with the new show that we're going to be working on, you know, we've got a niche that we're going in that direction. So thinking super small and fighting the urge to be, you know, a broad appeal to everybody. Um, there's a really good, uh, section I'm reading. I, I was just reading Karen Grassley's book, who is the, um, She's the actress that played Caroline on Little House on the Prairie. Oh, okay. And she talked about going into auditions and she said, um, she said, she, or no, it wasn't her book. It was um, Laura Cayouette. She's been in a bunch of Tarantino movies. I'm reading two very different books at the same time. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, but, but she talked about going to auditions and she had to make the choice to always pick a, you know, a red or blue shirt. Uh, and what she meant by that was, you know, you can go into an audition and give them this very extreme version of the performance one way, or you can give them a very extreme version of the performance the other way. You can do the red shirt or the blue shirt. What casting directors and producers and directors don't want is a purple shirt. They don't want you to try to blend everything and be this bland, very homogenized yeah. version of what that performance could be. And so it's really similar in the same way with podcasting. Like the less you try to go for the broad appeal, because you probably don't have it yet. Mm. That might come later after you built an audience. Like you want to go for, you know, something very specific uh, in the beginning. Very sound advice. Um, Somebody starting out, what do you recommend uh, as far as frequency goes? Yeah. So this is another piece. I mean, and everything we could talk about from here on out could apply to growth because any good practices are going to help with this. But, you know, we always tell all of our coaching clients, consistent quality content over time. Like that's the key. And again, mm-hmm. hyper, hyper simple. And most people get mad when you tell them that the same way when someone goes to the gym for the first day, you know, they get mad. They find out, oh, I have it's to hard. do this tomorrow too, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, um, you know, consistency is important. I would say um, because podcasting is such a habitual thing for listeners, I would say once a week is a minimum mm-hmm. just so you get into their weekly routine. People have five or six shows they listen to typically. Um, so you want to get into that routine each week. Um, but you want to make sure that your quality is good. So like no matter how consistent you can be, you know, if you, if you say I can consistently do it every day, if your quality starts dipping, it's not worth doing it every day. Cause you have a bad show you're doing every day. Yeah. Um, so you want to make sure you're hitting the consistency and the quality, um, and also, uh, I'll throw in a third uh, itty, but your sanity as well. Uh, you don't want podcasting to be a painful, dreadful thing. Um, yeah. So, you know, as you're considering your release schedule, just think about what you can handle mentally, what you can handle, you know, in your schedule. Um, but I would say going less than a week is going to give you a risk of not getting into people's routine. They're going to forget about you. You're going to be every other week. Um, and I'll throw one more thing on the on the consistency side. Um don't take breaks from the show. Like don't, you can do it once in a while. I've taken breaks from my show, you know, for periods, but um, don't do the whole seasons thing where you've got, you know, a month on a month off, just try to be consistent. um, So you're not losing people that way. It's pretty easy to pre-record things too and just schedule them yeah. out. Like we yeah. have the technology. Batch out two months. There's yeah. no excuse. Your two week vacation to Mexico, you can, you know, front right. load those and you'll be okay. 
So, okay. Um, kind of more one of the general questions that I'd ask somebody who's starting a business. Is there anything that caught you off guard while starting your first podcasts? Or even now, bottlenecks that you're working through? Like, what's something that we can warn the, the audience against? So when I f- started my first podcast, this is my, uh, this is my cocky answer. When I, when I started my first podcast, I was, I was taken off guard by how quickly it grew. Cool. Um, and, uh, which is a good problem. Good with business too. Oh, I can't believe there's so many orders. You know, how do we fulfill this? Um, but with the, you know, with that first one, I was surprised how quickly it grew and how, um, with that, it revealed how little prepared I was for what I was Mm. doing. Like it started to make me kind of panic to go, okay, you know, I'm getting, I think I was getting like 10,000 downloads a month in like the first month or two, you know, like it was pretty quick. And I was sitting there going like, Oh my God, like there's 10,000 people hearing my bad interview, (laughs) you know? And so um, really I just, I realized how hard it was to conduct a really good conversation in an interview. Um, and we can definitely talk about that. Um, and then, you know, I would say the lesson I learned starting my second show, um, you know, was, well, yeah, my second show that's active right now was realizing that that's a once in a lifetime thing to have something pop off like that. Mm-hmm. And so the hardest thing I, I really feel for people when people say, Oh, I struggle with consistency. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, just do it. But then with the new show that I started, when I saw in the beginning, like, Oh, I got 70 downloads on that first episode, my pit in my stomach's there. And I realized like, okay, it is really hard. You got to push through knowing that it's going to continually grow. And I'm already seeing the snowball effects start to happen, you know, kind of slowly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, definitely it was a, it was a shock when it, exploded the first time and then it was a shock and a gut punch when the second one didn't do when the it exact didn't same happen thing. the second time right right um yeah i i empathize with that except mine hasn't blown up yet so we'll see <laughs> i want to see that best it, case scenario. it'll do it <laughs> yeah we have high hopes for a show that's coming soon um so let's go back to that what are some uh some fundamentals of interviewing that you would tell yeah. people and we don't have to get i know that's like we could talk about that for days so just yeah. uh, I love you know, the top three topic. tips. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three. Um, narrow down. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I would say with interviewing, uh, yeah, if I keep it really simple again, but it's simple versus easy, like you said, um, really simple. I mean, do your research. Uh, n- number one, the, the most frustrating thing uh, when I'm being interviewed on a show or when I am um, or when I'm listening to a show is when you can tell the person interviewing has no context for the person. Yes. Is. Um, and it, and it, and when I say do research, I know we're all different levels of busy. Um, for me, I, I just spend a lot of time researching. Like I put that into my schedule mm-hmm. to research. I do, you know, like I mentioned Karen Grassley's book from La House on Prairie. I'm interviewing her. I read her entire biography, like through audible driving, you know, my four hour drive to California, yeah. four hour back. And you can do it. You can take the time at the bare minimum, listen to them on another podcast to know what they get excited mm-hmm. about and, and talk about. So do your research. Um, I, I appeared on someone's show and they literally started when I, when I jumped on, they said, okay, what are we talking about again? And like, ouch, that just put a bad <laughs> taste in my mouth instantly where I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this again. Uh, that same person ended up like falling asleep uh, midway through the interview. So it was a, wow. it was not a good experience, Yeah, but 
the the flip side of that too, um, on the back side of doing your research is really focus on that first question that you ask somebody. Um, and this is something that I kind of developed over the last, you know, last year or so is I noticed, you know, what does every podcaster do, you know, and what does every interviewer do that really gets under my skin? Like, what do I not want to do? And I noticed that for the majority of podcasts, they start the conversation with a very investigative question. So if I'm sitting down with an actor, I'm going to go, you know, how'd you get into acting? Or uh, if you're talking to someone in business, what made you start your business? Or did you go to school for business? You know, you're asking to find out something about them. And if you've done your research, what I like doing is an informed question. So if you listen to most of my interviews from the last year, I'll start with some version of, say they're an actor, you know, I already know how they decided to become an actor because I did yeah. my research. I heard them say it on a podcast because everyone else asked that question. So I'm just going to make a simple adjustment. I'm going to say, I know you became an actor because your dad was an actor. What was it about that lifestyle and seeing him perform that really drew you to that craft? Yeah. So in their mind, they're going, oh, he he didn't, he did his research. My audience goes like he did his, it's a very subliminal way to say, I'm in this. Like I've invested into this. Yeah, I see you. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm starting by doing that. I'm opening a lot of trust with that guest to where and in a question like how I just phrased it, I'm usually pulling into something that's an emotional topic for them versus just here's the facts. Like I I went in and, you know, did this. They're talking about now, oh yeah, watching my dad on stage in Broadway blew my mind. It, it's a great way to start your conversation here, which is what most podcasts are building to, you know, you're yeah. starting here and then going up. So um, asking a really good informed question in the beginning. Um, and then the last thing I would say, which let, is let what me, makes, let me pause you right there. Oh, you sorry. and Travis do a fantastic job on that on build your network. That's always oh, impressed you. me, especially, yeah, just the research alone, but even introducing you like start and it does, it feels <laughs> like your old pals, which is great. Cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and most of them we don't know, you know, so it's, yeah. uh, it's cool to get that rapport really quickly. Um, and, you know, I always say the best compliment to get as a podcaster is, or any interviewer, if there's YouTubers listening to this, any interviewer is, you know, I've never heard that before, or I've never been asked mm-hmm. that before. And it's, I, I get that more and more in the beginning. I never got that. And the first time someone ever said that, I was like, that feels good because yeah. that means this person has been interviewed a hundred plus times, just got something new out of this. Um, and so the the last thing I would say, that's what makes appearing on shows very odd for me, um, is, you know, listen, <laughs> um, yeah. talking, obviously anybody who's listening right now knows I can talk, um, and I can run on about different topics, but when you're interviewing someone, Larry King always said he never asked a question over two sentences. Um, don't be afraid of not giving enough context to your question or trying to sound you know, what we fall into more often is I want to sound intelligent on the topic. So I'll give context of, you know, when I was working on this project, I had this and this (laughs) and this happened, you know, instead just ask them like, why'd you feel like that? Or, um, what did that do for you? Or, um, you know, what inspired you to do that? Like, it's a simple question. You don't have to give a lot of context about you. Your audience in the macro is going to get to know you. It's going to happen. You don't have to you know, stand out as the star of every episode. It's your guest episode. Um, and so, you know, uh, again, it's uh, for, for someone who's podcasting, I would just say, try to keep your answers or your questions uh, very brief. 
just like me as a guest, I have to work on keeping my answers brief. So we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> no, like you said, the show is about you, not about me. So we're doing great. Um, all right. So we've talked about kind of the fundamentals of, of launching, uh, being in the niches, uh, and now interviewing. So just, I want to briefly talk about marketing afterwards. Mm -hmm. Can you talk more about maybe content stacking, how to promote your own show outside of the shows themselves? Yeah. I mean, it, one of the best resource, you know, uh, resources for content creation is podcasting. Um, it, it, you're recording video and audio. You're you're not having to set up in front of a camera with a script and record. Like we're just having a conversation. There's clips from this conversation that could easily be a social media clip, or they could e- yeah. easily be a TikTok or a, an Instagram reel. Um, and so I would say definitely record audio and video first of all. Like even if you're not ready or you don't have the time to do it first, like batch that those early episodes. So when you do have the resources or the time to go back to them, you already have a lot of content built up. Um, but yeah, it's really simple. I mean, um, you don't need to overproduce it. Um, you know, my, my TikTok is, you know, ugly, uh, but the content is good and people resonate with it. And I see other people whose content looks good, but I would argue even some of the stuff that passes as good social media content doesn't look that good. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they put the header in the background and this effect and it's like they get two views. It's because they're not focused on the quality of what's being said. They're just focused on, you know, what's my intro and outro and all this stuff. So I would say just go through like literally if you're recording on zoom or if you're recording on Ecamm or if you're recording on Riverside, just, literally start by just snipping out clips from the interview, just literally like this, like the screen we're looking at right Mm -hmm. now and releasing it, you know, release a 30 second clip. You don't need to fade in. You don't need to fade out. You can add a title within TikTok or within Instagram. In fact, those platforms reward you doing that because you're using their tools. So that's, that's the baseline version of that. Uh, But I mean, really, I mean, anybody can look up guarantee, Gary V's kind of content umbrella, like start with video. Who's Gary V? Just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he's great. You should have him on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you if you look at him, like start with video, pull yeah. the pull the audio, do a podcast. You know, you've already got your YouTube content. Like if you record it, upload it to YouTube. You don't have to add anything to it. Just just drop it. YouTube. You've got your audio version. You can transcribe the audio and do a blog if you feel really crazy and want to do a lot of uh, yeah. text proofing on that. Um, you can pull quotes from it. There's a lot of content all from that initial hour of conversation. Um, and so, yeah, and, and definitely for any podcaster right now, um, you know, and this might not be relevant in six months, but right now, if you're not posting to YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, TikTok, and Facebook reels, literally the last of which Facebook reels is offering to pay creators to post reels. Um, I made 800 bucks last month on a page that had 200 followers. Cause I just did the program that they had. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. there's a lot of opportunity to market and they're all pushing that algorithm to promote that type of content. So Focus on that. And if you're listening six months from when this releases and this isn't relevant anymore, the best piece of advice for content is follow the money. Whatever social media platforms are promoting as the new feature, yeah. whether that's IGTV two years ago or whether that's you know YouTube shorts, d- do that because they're going to reward you for it every single time. It, it'll never fail you. Like Always dive into the thing that they're pouring money into promoting. Fantastic advice. Thank you. 
any final words before we go into the speed round uh, about launching and, and running a successful podcast? Oh, man. Uh, I'm stressed about a speed round. Uh, but uh, no, I mean... Travis yeah, taught me how to do that, so it's on him. Yeah, I know. Him. I know. But, uh, <laughs> I like being on the giving end of that. Uh, but yeah, with, with podcasts, like I said, consistent quality content over time is the key. Just be patient, um, mm. you know, and don't overextend yourself. Like, I, I see so many people quit their show, uh, you know, and it statistically, a lot of people quit their show. Yeah. Typically after seven episodes, that's literally the stat is after seven episodes, they quit. Wow, I, didn't um, know I that. would say, yeah. I'd say it's probably more like the first, if I was to guess based on people I've talked to. Um, but you know, just keep doing it. Um, mm. I, again, like I, I can speak to both sides. Of it. I had the show that popped off and it was really easy, but it had its own challenges doing that, you know, trying to figure out how to do that. There's a responsibility with that and things like that. Um, but with this new show, I'm going the same steps I'm telling people to take. Like I'm going through a grind right now trying to promote yeah. Film Schooled, which you should definitely listen to Film Schooled wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, but you know, that I'm already starting to see my YouTube is starting to go from getting 20 subscribers a month to getting a hundred a month or to getting yeah. 50 this month. I'm seeing that snowball. I'm seeing the door starting to open. I'm getting guests that said no is now saying yes. And I'm only 22 episodes in. So you know, that consistency pays off and it's a snowball effect. So just keep doing it. And if you're not seeing value from it, like really audit yourself and see if you're using it correctly. Mm. Like you should not be having conversations for an hour with cool people and walking away with no value whatsoever yeah. or no potential business whatsoever. Like whatever your, your thing is, it should be serving you in some way. And if it's not, it's probably not just the podcast fault. It's probably, you know, you're not building a conversation the right way or you need to work on interviewing or you need to work on follow-up, sending right. thank you cards to guests, you know, stuff like that. Like figure out how you can make it serve you even when you have a hundred listeners. I love it. Uh, this has been fantastic. I want to respect your time. So we're going to move into the speed round. Cool. Deal. So what is one thing that business people and entrepreneurs should stop wasting time on? Ooh, uh, I mean, doing things themselves. <laughs> um, Ooh, the, big, yeah. the biggest thing I would say, and this falls in line with Guestio, you should check out guestio.com. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, people I talk to are lawyers or doctors, and they're trying to figure out how to edit their own podcast. Like you're getting paid way too much an hour to be doing yeah. something you can hire a VA to do. Uh, trying to book guests, you know, like go through a guestio.com, book them mm -hmm. quicker through that way. Literally even on the back end, like we've got a concierge program, like reach out to us and we'll, we'll set you up for your tour where you don't have to touch anything. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of things there, but I would say don't waste time doing things you can easily outsource. I love it. What is one thing that you hate doing, but you have to do anyway? Uh, I mean, honestly, at this point, there's, uh, you know what, I I'll say this, creating systems for organizing things. Like, mm. I like using systems. Um, I don't like creating systems. Like one of the best things I did literally this last week was I, one of the people that works with us on Guestio loves building systems. Yeah. So I just literally paid them to like copy our system and say <laughs> like, can you build that for me in ClickUp so I don't have to do it? Like that to me was huge. But again, like. The amount of stuff, like when you're 
21 and you're like just trying to get started, you're going to do a lot of stuff you don't like doing because you need money. Um, but the minute you start growing and progressing, you shouldn't be doing much that you hate. Like it should be outsourced. Um, so I would say that, um, I hate selling too, but I, I don't do it, <laughs> you know? <No. laughs> um, good answer. What is one, uh, actually here. How do you take in new information? Books, audiobooks, podcasts, obviously hey, podcasts. This, this is a familiar question. Uh, yeah. no, um, my, my favorite is definitely, definitely physical books, but time doesn't always allow it. So like audiobooks have been something I've learned to like. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I always prefer paperback if I can. If I, if I have time to read a paperback, I usually listen to the audiobook while I'm reading the paperback because I can read a little bit faster and I feel like I retain a little bit more. I see that. Yeah. All right. I stole this one too. You get an hour with one person dead or alive. Who is it? Man, I, I don't know. I mean, the cliche answer is always Jesus, right? Like people are always like, I'd love to just figure out, you know, what he thinks about where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, but I would say I heard someone, uh, you know what? I'm going to just say my honest, honest, honest answer. And it's not super heady, but I mean, Quentin Tarantino, I would love to sit down and talk oh, with, so um, yeah. Um, I mean, that would be a, that would be an easy go-to if I'm talking more like leadership or business. Um, one of my guests said like any sitting president, and I would mm. say that too, like I would sit down with any president, um, if I could be guaranteed an honest answer to my questions and not a PR version of my, my questions. Yeah. Which I don't good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know like, what's an area 51, you know, like, let's talk about it. Yeah. So. Um, I love that. Yeah. Good luck getting a straight answer though. Okay. So let's wrap up. What is your favorite social platform or how can people connect with you? Um, Obviously all of the links for Guestio will be down below uh, your LinkedIn and your socials, but where's, where's the easiest place for folks to actually get in touch? I'm super bad with LinkedIn as far as like posting, but I definitely want to keep doing that. So maybe if some people connect with me there, it'll, it'll motivate me to get going there. Um, I mean, the best place to connect with me personally would be on Instagram, um, which is, uh, I got to figure out a way to shorten my name on there, uh, but we'll drop a link in the show notes. It's yeah. just at East Korsinski, pretty easy. Um, and then uh, I'm on Twitter at the Eric Ski, which was taken on Instagram because that's such a great way to shorten it. Um, so yeah, Instagram's great. And then TikTok, um, you know, I've got the film schooled pod, uh, TikTok handle. And then I have the Eric Ski on TikTok as well. Both of those I'm super active on. I love TikTok. I'm obsessed with TikTok. Uh, connect with me on TikTok. <laughs> love it. So. Yep. Folks, all of those links will be down below. If you want to talk to Eric about starting your podcast or have questions, obviously I would encourage you to go to uh, guestio.com. There's a lot of stuff that you can just learn from watching how others are doing it. And yeah. uh, it's a super helpful tool. So um, Eric, thank you for coming on. I very much appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. It was good to meet. Yep. All right, folks, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I will catch you next time. This episode of Behind the Business Curtain is brought to you by Build Online. Build Online is your one-stop shop for web development and mobile app design, and they're ready to bring your app idea to life. Their process starts with a one-day in-person blueprint meeting where they get clear on your goal and vision for the project, and it ends with an MVP app that's ready to launch and market. 
Build Online offers you access to a full team of developers and designers, along with a dedicated project manager that will own your vision for the project and give you weekly updates so you're never in the dark. At Build Online, they don't do project-based billing or long-term contracts. You just review the completed work and pay an invoice every two weeks, avoiding the traditional money pit model that may have bitten you in the past. Book a call with me at buildonline.io and we can figure out a plan to bring your app idea to life.